you take that pause and you take those deep breaths, you can enjoy wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And as you said, as entrepreneurs, we wear so many hats. It's a lot of responsibility. It's very easy, but there's a reason why we chose to be entrepreneurs. CEOs often feel stuck in the grind of scaling their business and feel like they're missing out on the best parts of life, like family, friends, or travel. On this podcast, CEOs come to take themselves and their companies to the next level. Let's dive into the Millionaire Mind with your host, Dallin Schultz. Hey, welcome back to another Millionaire Mind episode where I have some of the most successful business owners sharing what motivates them to get out of bed every morning and how they elevate themselves and their companies to the next level. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat today. Entrepreneurs, in my opinion, are naturally futuristic thinkers. We're always looking to fix, improve, invent something that will make an impact and serve those it's intended for. Now, speaking from personal experience, not saying any of you do this, sometimes I get caught up a little too much in the future and I have a difficult time really mentally living in the present moment. And our guest today is not only a very successful business owner, but helps others like me with mindfulness and inspired living through yoga and meditation, something I could say we all could benefit from. So really excited for our conversation today and just really seeing where it goes and where it leads us. So special welcome to our guest, Chara. Chara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So Tara, why don't you take a minute or two and just share with our listener a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, my name is Tara. And since 1995, Dallin, I have been a student and a teacher of yoga, meditation, as you said, mindfulness, stress management, and inspired living. And I'm also a writer. I'm an author. I write sacred poetry and uh, books that are inspirational. And something unique about me that I don't always put on my bio is that I am a self as artist, which means I make art out of myself and my life, mostly through photos and the sacred poems. And so I like to say that I'm a selfie pioneer back before there were cell phones and before (laughs) people were just click, click, clicking themselves everywhere. Nobody did that. You had a photographer and you had a model and it was the photographer's image. And I just had this strange sense that I wanted to be the photographer and in front of the camera at the same time. So I started doing that back in the early nineties in college and so I like to say I'm a selfie pioneer, I'm a selfish artist, <laughs> and I really do believe our life is our greatest work of art. I love that. And just hearing you say that, part of it is I got too much stuff on my phone, like too much photos, videos, things. And a lot of it is it might be a quick note or image of something. So I'll often go through and start deleting. And every single time I end up going back, looking at photos of family trips, videos of vacations, experiences, things that we did, and can see this life, this art that really my wife and I have been creating. And and I never really thought of it that way. So I appreciate you shedding that insight, bringing that insight to it. So incredible. Well, Chara, what you do, I think is probably 
I don't know. I, I don't want to speak from generalization. Speaking, okay, I could speak for me personally. This is something I don't do enough because personally, I am go, 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 go. And, yes. and my mind's racing 100 miles an hour all day long. And I don't think that's unique to me as a business owner or entrepreneur. I think that naturally happens. It kind of comes with this field and this life that we choose. So what I want to hear about is really your journey and what led you into this, <laughs> this area of business and how you've been able to impact other people's lives. Thank you for asking that question. And I can begin by answering it. It started with an almost nervous breakdown. At age 25, you think who would have a nervous breakdown at that young age, but that was definitely the path I was on because of exactly what you just said. I was raised by two very hardworking parents, raised in a this culture, which is a very doing culture. I was raised to multitask and to work really hard. And along the way, my own heart, my own divine rhythm, my own divine timing, my own calling got lost in the mix. And so I was just working and working. And the environment I was in, which was a production environment at the time, and I actually went to school for that. There were aspects of it I loved, production of video, film, TV. I worked for a production company. Lots of projects going on at the same time, lots of details, lots of deadlines, lots of personalities. And me being a very sensitive soul, I just couldn't hold all that. I didn't have any experience with mindfulness. I didn't have any experience with self-care. I didn't have any experience with being present and making conscious choices. So all of that stress just built up and it was as if it was burying me underneath. And it got to the point where I couldn't breathe at work and I felt like I was having a heart attack. And that's when somebody said to me, you need to take a deep breath. And I went like this. <laughs> I took one deep breath. I'm like, no, well, that didn't work. And I'm, I'm off and running. And that same person uh, a few days later said, have you ever tried yoga? And I hadn't, I didn't know anything about it. it sounded very weird. So it was back in the mid nineties when this was not mainstream I, and I didn't know anything about it, but thankfully that suggestion, and I do believe that person was an earth angel in my life. And when we are being present and we hear these messages or we get these signs that kind of speak to our heart and give us a, a sort of a push in a direction or to take an action that is going to be good for us. Thankfully, I listened and I started taking yoga classes at the Summit YMCA in New Jersey. Who thought? At the YMCA. And there was no such thing as a yoga studio or a wellness center back in the 90s that I knew of. I hadn't seen any. So I was just happy there were classes at the YMCA. And I'll always remember this one class. It was one of the first classes I took. And the teacher guided us to breathe deeply, which I had never done in my entire life. I didn't know the proper way to breathe. And when we've been under stress for a long period of time, it actually changes our breathing mechanism. And we're usually if we're under stress, not breathing effectively. So she taught us how to breathe effectively. And it was the first time I had ever done that, age 25. The first time I ever took a breath where it felt like a ray of light 
was coming into my heart. And that began the journey uh, that led me to, in a way, like a whole nother world. And I, I like to say it not only changed my life, it saved my life. And after a few classes with these amazing teachers, something clicked inside and I knew I was going to be sharing this. I knew I wanted to share this because I didn't want anybody to suffer in the way that I had been suffering needlessly. When there's these tools, there's these practices, there's these insights that can really create mind, body, spirit, well-being in anybody in a short period of time. So that's what led me on this journey. And it's been about 28 years now wow. that I'm practicing, teaching, learning, growing, and I'm just a lover of learning. I just keep taking classes, keep finding amazing teachers and keep adding to the, I'm going to say the kingdom inside me. <laughs> just keep adding to that kingdom. I love it. And Chara, you mentioned earlier that a lot of us, when we're under a lot of stress, we breathe a certain way. And at this point in your life, you were taught how to breathe effectively. Is that something you'd be able to take us through right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to do it right now? Yeah, let's do it right now. Yes. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to share with you exactly what my teacher said to me. And we started with a little experiment. So we're going to place one hand on your lower abdomen. Sorry, real quick. If you're listening to this and you're driving or you're in commute, yeah. <laughs> keep track of where this timestamp is. Okay. Keep track to where this timestamp is so that you can go back. And when you're in a nice, quiet, calm area, you can go through this exercise with us. And if you're listening in bed, at home, wherever you are right now, then feel free to join along. That's a great point, Alan. Yes, just not while you're driving or operating heavy machinery. <laughs> so as long as you're sitting, lying down in a comfortable place, just bring one hand to your lower abdomen and then take a deep breath in and notice what happens. And then exhale and notice what happens to your tummy. Do it again. Take a deep breath in. Notice what your tummy does. And then exhale. Notice what your tummy does. And I'll ask you, when you inhale, does your tummy suck in or does it expand out? Dallin, what happens for you? It expands out. It expands out. Okay, that's good. When my teacher asked me, my tummy sucked in. Interesting. Which means I had been under a lot of stress and my breathing changed over time. If you think about, if you've ever seen a little baby breathe, or even a little animal like a puppy or a kitten when they're lying on their back and they're just snoozing away. When you watch them breathe, their belly, their ribs, their chest expand like a balloon. And when they exhale, the belly softens down, which would make sense because you're bringing the air in. So the body is expanding. When you let the air go out, it softens back down, just like a bellows or a balloon. But if you've been under a lot of stress for a prolonged period of time, sometimes that reverses and the person starts inhaling and sucking their tummy in and exhaling the tummy goes out. And it's not the most effective way to breathe. And they're if not even aware of this. This is right? all helping self subconsciously, correct? Yes. So our breath is something we don't normally think about, but it's probably the number one thing to begin with. 
if you want to create well-being, if you want to create peace and calm and true prosperity, which I know you and I are going to get to, that true millionaire's mindset is really a mindset and a heart set of prosperity. And that includes peace. That includes joy. That includes being able to share your unique gifts in a way that feels natural and unique to you. And that all starts with your breath. So one of my favorite quotes is, how you breathe is how you live your life. And most of us up until this moment have been doing that unconsciously. We're going to start to breathe fuller, breathe deeper, and more consciously, which means we're going to be living fuller, deeper, and more consciously. So with that same hand on your belly, you want to inhale and see if you can let your belly expand even more. So if it's already expanding, see if you can let it expand even more. When you exhale, you let the belly come back down and you might even engage your tummy muscles a little bit. You can flatten them, push all the breath out, all the stale air, carbon dioxide out. Then inhale, let the belly fill. Maybe your ribs will start to fill. Exhale, all the breath out. Light engagement to the tummy so you're pushing all that stale air out completely empty. Then inhale, start to fill up again. Belly fills, ribs fill, chest fills. Exhale all the breath out. So you're going to continue that just a few more times at your pace. No stress, no straining, everything with ease, everything with gentleness. And then take a moment to notice how that breathing may differ to your everyday breathing. And notice how you feel after just a few full deep breaths. See if you feel any shift at all. 100%. I just feel a lot more peaceful and present. This is something I've implemented periodically in my routine. And I admit it at the start, something that I should probably do more. And I'm wondering if that's maybe why you took us to the initial exercise, why my belly did expand. Because maybe with what little tiny little bit of practice I've had, maybe I've helped reprogram that. You mentioned expelling, getting rid of the carbon dioxide. For those that might be a little bit more scientific-minded, is there a physiological exchange, something that happens when you release that? Yes. It's really the combination. It's the complementary nature of our breath. It's exhaling all that we don't need out. Sometimes we've that's sort of a new language that we've been hearing lately. Let go of what's not serving you, right? So if you're breathing deeper and fuller, you're letting more of that go. You're letting more of that stale air out, that carbon dioxide out. And when you're inhaling, then you have more space for more oxygen and also what we call in yoga more prana. And many people think, it's well, it's just the oxygen. You need oxygen, of course, to live, which we do. But it's more than that. You are bringing the life force in. So you're fortifying every cell of your body with more oxygen. And you're fortifying every aspect of your being with more life force energy. So you're bathing your body and your being with the life force. And that includes consciousness. It includes an element of light. It includes an element of love. It includes an element of grace. And so when you're flowing with that, it is easier to cultivate well-being. If you're barely breathing, it's more difficult to cultivate well-being. And when you're breathing very shallow, you are most likely 
in the stress response, the fight, flight, or freeze response, which produces certain brain chemicals, which puts you in a certain state of constriction because you're not meant to stay in that state. You're meant to fight, defend yourself, or run away. You're not meant to be living in that state, which is what a lot of us have been doing. When you take those deep breaths, and it will start to elicit the relaxation response. And several things happen in the relaxation response that you'll want to be in the relaxation response because it is going to bring more oxygen and blood flow to your brain, to the prefrontal cortex where you make all your decisions. How are you going to have a million-dollar business? How are you going to have a million-dollar mindset? If you're so stressed out that the blood leaves your prefrontal cortex that you're not making sound decisions, you're making mistakes, then you need more time, energy, and money to fix those mistakes. You're in a state of stress. You're not enjoying your life. So if you did nothing else except start breathing more deeply and fully, you would be on the path to your millionaire mindset, your millionaire lifestyle, a life of more peace, more prosperity, and more joy, just with breathing. And one last thing, just the scientific nature of it, We have three lobes in our lungs, and when we're breathing shallow, you're not getting into those deeper lobes. Breathing shallow is usually up here in the chest. When you exhale, expel all that carbon dioxide out and create space, you can then breathe down deeply into those lowest lobes, and that's where the most oxygen receptors are. Interesting. So imagine when you are not breathing fully, you're only living at like, 50% capacity or whatever capacity you're breathing. When you start breathing fully at 100% capacity, that starts opening up 100% more potential for you on every level. And living at this 50%, we may not even realize we're doing it. Because again, this is stuff, this is what our autonomic nervous, we don't have to tell ourselves to breathe. Like our body's going to do it automatically. We need it to survive. However, because a lot of us live in this fight or flight. And we may not even realize that this may have just become our new norm. And that's what I've realized. And I've gained awareness on it. And I even have conversations with my wife about it. I feel like I my comfort level, I guess is the way to put it, is currently needs a certain amount of stress because that's just what I'm used to. But that doesn't mean that's where I operate the best. It's just what my comfort level is at because I've been there for so long. So in the times where I have recognized it and made a conscious decision to take a deep breath, slow down, even if it's 30 seconds, right? Just slow down, take some deep breaths. You can feel that immediate change. And if you went through that exercise with Tara and I earlier, you will. If you take five deep breaths in the way she instructed, you can't not feel a difference. And my question for you, Chara, is how frequent should people focus on their breathing or take themselves through this in a typical day? So that's a great question. There's not one answer to that. It depends. But if you start a practice of whatever it may be, deeper breathing, if you just start with that, like you said, five to 10 deep breaths when you first wake up in the morning, or five to 10 deep breaths before you go to sleep at night. If you just started with that, that would be great. But if you come to my Soul Path Yoga classes, we're going to be breathing all the time and through that class. And it starts to create a habit. It starts to create a muscle memory. It starts to create a new normal where breathing deeply is 
and you start to do that without thinking about it. And I've trained myself because of the practices that I do that if I'm in a peaceful moment, like right now, I'm at peace talking to you and sharing with the audience, I'll take deep breaths right now when I'm at peace. If I'm eating a delicious meal, I'll take deep breaths during that meal. And there are scientific research on what that does in in terms of creating new neurons for peace and well-being and gratitude and enjoyment. And if you can start taking those deep breaths in moments where you're comfortable, where you're calm, you start to set that as a habit so that then when you have a moment of stress, you start to remember to take those deep breaths and it will alleviate the stress or dissolve it away or at least reduce it enough that you can function more optimally. And I'll ask you, I'll ask you in the audience this question. Who would you rather spend time with? Someone who is stressed out, running around, multitasking, unfocused, or would you rather sit and talk to and perhaps do business with somebody who is calm, grounded, present, alert? fully attentive to you and your needs, like right there, that is going to help you in your business. When you are calm, focused, attentive, clear, making good sound decisions, speaking calmly, speaking articulately, listening to your client, listening to their needs, addressing their needs, right there, your business can start to skyrocket because that's the kind of person people want to do business and people want to be around and people want to collaborate with. I don't want to be around somebody who's a stressed out maniac and running around like a chicken without their head and leaving a wake of mistakes in their path. I want to be around somebody who has some awareness. That's a really great perspective. Because I think it's easy as business owners to get caught up in the grind and we got to go, 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 because there's a lot of the stuff that we want to get done. It's never been a couple of things you mentioned. One, I'll wrap up with this. I've never asked myself that question. Who would I rather do business with? And when you pose that question, it was a no brainer for me. It was like, yeah, the person that's chill, relaxed, collected, present, attentive, I couldn't help but to reflect on the times I was the earlier example. And I think just taking that outward perspective and looking in and ask yourself who you would want to do business with, I think opens up a lot of good self-reflection that we as business owners can do. So I appreciate you sharing that. Second one you mentioned was taking deep breaths in the peaceful moments. I've never done that. I've only taken the deep breaths when I'm like at capacity and I'm in a stressful situation and I need to bring myself down. But that makes so much sense. And and correct me if I'm wrong here. I think in those moments, part of taking those deep breaths in those peaceful moments is really just embracing that present moment and kind of reprogramming our brains to recognize that as a new possibility and a new norm. Is, Is that, am I on track there? I so love the things that you brought up. So I absolutely agree with you. And one of the quotes before the show, Dal and I were talking how much we love quotes. So (laughs) one of the quotes I have written down in my notes for today is enjoy the little things for one day you will realize they are the big things. And so when you pause and are intentional 
about your moments. You're having a meal or you're having time with your family or you're taking a walk, you're walking your dog, something as ordinary as that. And you take that pause and you take those deep breaths and you be present with what you're doing. You can enjoy wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And as you said, as entrepreneurs, we wear so many hats. It's a lot of responsibility. It's very easy to just get caught up in the grind, as you said, the multitasking. But there's a reason why we chose to be entrepreneurs. I haven't had a full-time job since I was 25. Since that date in 1995, I have been an entrepreneur. And in some respects, it's a lot of responsibility and you could say pressure, but it is also pure freedom. And we forget that because we chose to be entrepreneurs, we are really in control of our schedule and our time, of our mindset, of our breath, of the way we navigate and flow through life. It's our honor to take moments to appreciate that this is the path we're choosing. And that because we are entrepreneurs, we get to say, you know what, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to stop and have a cup of coffee, or I'm going to stop and just sit in the sunlight for a few minutes. I did that today. I chose to have my breakfast sitting on my front stoop. My butt was a little cold on the concrete, but I had the sun on my face And I put my spoon down between each bite of my oatmeal. I breathed while I was eating. I had this urge at one moment to check my phone. I'm like, no, I'm focusing on the sun. I'm focusing on the leaves falling. And it was just 10 minutes out of the day. And it was a heavenly 10 minutes. And in those conscious choices, you start to reprogram your mind, not only for success monetarily, but as I'm sure you would agree, success in terms of joy, pure joy in these small moments. And if every day we take moments for ourselves to say yes, to being present to something we love, we start to rewire our brain for joy, for love, for peace. And certainly we'll get to service because that can be very joyful too. But this is what I want all of us listening to remember. We chose to be an entrepreneur for freedom. And sometimes we don't allow us to, we don't allow ourselves to experience it. Yeah, we're the CEO, not only of our company, but of our life. So we, and I kind of wrote this, some suggestion down for the end, but I kind of feel called to share it now and maybe we'll expand on it later. But if I could share something with our listeners, it's to remember that you're creating your own kingdom. And I mentioned the word, I think, kingdom earlier, that you have a kingdom in your heart. This is your kingdom. This is your world. You're not only in the world, you're creating your world. That's what being an entrepreneur is. So make it the best, most beautiful, most joyful, most peaceful, most service-filled, fun world, magical world that you can think of. That's the power you have as an entrepreneur. And it starts, where does it start? I'll say it starts with how you breathe. And then we build on that. Certainly it's much more than that, but that essence needs to be there first. Then you can build from there. 
And it can start from something as simple as just learning how to breathe. In my Optimal Life program, which is the first level, it goes Optimal Life, Dream Life, One Life. In my Optimal Life program, the very first thing we teach in building a dream life, in building, creating your kingdom, begins with the breath. That's the very first thing we teach because of what I said, how you breathe is how you live your life. So once you start to be present and full with your breath, then it's much easier to add all the other practices, all the other inspired actions. But it's almost like if you don't have that, everything collapses in on itself because that's your center point. That's your most foundational and essential system. That's the essence of who you are. And one thing we didn't mention, Dallin, it's not only your physical well-being that the breath enhances. Your breath is actually a bridge that certainly connects your own individual mind, body, and spirit, but it is a bridge to connecting your individual self with the universal. So it's like you are breathing life and you're allowing more and more life to breathe you so that you start to become this instrument of inspiration, an instrument of peace, an instrument of service, an instrument of love, an instrument of grace. You could even say an instrument of fabulousness or awesomeness. <laughs> it doesn't have to be so high-minded all the time, an instrument of fun and joy because you're letting life flow through you. You're letting life flow to you and through you. You're letting life start to support you. You're letting the universal start to guide you and inspire you. And that's where the creative genius comes. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur and create something really beautiful, really special, really life-changing for yourself and for others, you need to be divinely inspired because that's where the creative genius comes from. Not because you're so smart, but because you have access to divine inspiration. And all great master artists and inventors will describe that this idea just floated to them or this idea popped into their heart where they saw the vision somewhere inside them. They all attributed it not to themselves. They all attributed that divine guidance, that divine vision to something greater than themselves. And that can look different for different people. Absolutely. But I think recognizing... Yeah, defined however you wish. Yeah, I think recognizing in that higher power, higher energy, whatever it is to you, I think is one of the first steps in in being able to do that. So, Jara, I want to get into incredible stuff so far and so many things that I hope our listeners take away from this if they're not doing it already. And it can be as simple as just starting from a breath. We got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to get into how this transformed for you because you started as a student and then you mentioned earlier on how you felt impressed, you felt a calling. And so I want to dive into that a little bit more because by you sharing that impression, that feeling, my hope is that one of our listeners could feel that in a similar way in regards to whatever their path is so we'll come back from a quick commercial break and then we'll have Chara dive in into a little bit more for a transition from student to teacher hey guys my name is nate Hare. i'm the executive director at directed ira directed ira is a company that exists to provide a solution for people that want to invest their retirement accounts be it iras or old 401ks 
into things like real estate or things outside of the stock market. If you wanna invest your IRA or old 401k into investments like real estate, apartments, syndications, or the great investments that Rev Equity has to provide, make sure that you reach out to us. You can find our information on investwithrev.com or our website, www.directedira.com. Open a self-directed IRA and invest in alternatives today. All right. Welcome back to The Millionaire Mind. So, Charles, share with our listener a little bit about that transition from student to teacher and kind of that experience that you had that you're like, all right, this is my calling. This is what I'm meant to do. Yes. Well, I told you I felt it. Some of those very first yoga classes, not only did the rays of light start coming into my heart, I I started crying. Like tears would just be streaming down my eyes in class sometimes. And I just couldn't wait to let someone else like me know that there's another way or there's tools and practices that they can do to really enhance their well-being and their state of being. So I talked to my teacher and back then there wasn't the yoga alliance. There weren't all these systems in place. One of my teachers was the manager at the YMCA for the yoga program. And she was so excited that I was interested in becoming a student of to become a teacher. And she said, I will train you. I would love to mentor you. So that's how I started with her being my mentor. And her name is Claire Dieb. She has since gone on to create the American Yoga Academy. She's on the board of directors for Deepak Chopra, who is known worldwide as one of the most incredible teachers of self-development. And she's also, or was at the time, a professor at Seton Hall University. So I'm very thankful to Claire Dieb for being one of my first teachers and my very first mentor. So she trained me and I was raring to go. I still had my full-time job, but I couldn't wait to start teaching. And she gave me a class at the Summit YMCA. And sometimes there was one person, sometimes the class was packed and it didn't matter to me as long as I could share these practices, as long as somebody was there that I could offer, that I could be of service to. I was happy. And what my intuition or my heart started saying was, as much as I loved aspects of being in production, I really wanted to teach yoga more and more and more. So eventually I let go of the production world and I started teaching full time. So from about 1998 to 2008, about a decade, I taught full time, almost every day. (laughs) I had the passion, but I did not have a millionaire mindset at the time. I definitely had a lack in poverty mindset at the time. So that was a bit of a challenge for me because I knew what my heart was calling me to do, but I didn't know how to support myself doing it. So that was a whole learning experience. And thankfully, I started learning about that this show is about the millionaire mindset, changing my thoughts. I went from having the thought every day, I can't afford that. That's too expensive. I don't know how I'm going to support myself. That was like my inner dialogue every day, almost all day, like a thousand times a day. And when I started understanding the science of neuroplasticity, the power that we have to change our thoughts, to change our mindset, I would start catching myself And then I'd say, no, 
And I would start shifting those thoughts to more affirming affirmations. I couldn't say right at that time, I am a millionaire or I can afford anything because that didn't feel true to me. But I started saying things like, I love that. I'm going to find a version of that in my budget. Or I love that. I'm going to put that on my wish list for the future. So instead of saying no to myself, I started saying yes to everything I thought was beautiful, to everything I thought I loved, to everything I wanted to create and do. I started saying yes to the level or the degree that I could accept that as truth. And for instance, I started teaching a lot of private clients. I worked in very, I still do, in very wealthy communities that can afford private yoga. So here's this little yoga teacher starting at the YMCA, making $20 an hour per class, pulling up to these golden gates and pressing the button and these golden gates would open in this big estate. I won't even say mansion. They're like estates that I'd be driving into and pulling into and, and I'd walk into the house and I'd feel kind of intimidated there. But the people I met who are very wealthy, I discovered were some of the kindest and most generous people in the world. And it didn't take me long to feel comfortable pulling up to those golden gates and saying, I am welcomed here. I'm wanted here because I have something of value to offer my clients. And they were so excited for the sessions and I was so excited for the sessions. And I also started to learn that with all the wealth they had and with all the stuff they had, there was still so much stress and strife in their lives. And that part of it was all the stuff, maintaining all the stuff. And I am a house person. I am obsessed with homes and I like stuff. I like my fancy stuff, but I started learning that, you know what, on my budget, I can have beautiful things too, and keep it simple. And in the simplicity of my life, there was peace because it's something to keep in mind that the more we have, and I'm not saying don't create a kingdom. I'm the first person to say you're creating a kingdom, but to know that it doesn't have as much to do with all the stuff and that all the stuff can actually cause some stress because you have to maintain all the stuff. And I would have thought, and probably a lot of people listening might be thinking, Well, at that level, you just hire people to take care of the stuff. And they had those people, but those are relationships that need to maintain. That's somebody you need to trust to come into your home and take care of this stuff. And then there's the fear of losing all the stuff. So all kinds of stressors can come from having more and more and more and more. So I'm going to encourage everybody listening to create your kingdom right where you are and to enjoy the journey to wherever you're going, whatever you're becoming, whatever you're going to create in the future, and not to wait. Everybody says this. It's the journey, not the destination, but don't wait to be at peace. Don't wait for joy. Don't wait to feel peaceful and prosperous until you have that certain number in the bank, or you have the big house, or you have this, or you have that. Because my clients taught me That is not necessarily the path to peace and prosperity. And I want to pause because I've been talking for a while, but there's a story that I really want to share with your audience that's here today, Dallin, 
that taught me this because I was on the path of wanting what they had. <laughs> it looked so beautiful to me. Oh my gosh, the marble floors, the acres that look like you're in Tuscany. Like, oh my, there's just so many things about it that were so beautiful. And I wanted so desperately to have that. And there was one client in particular that taught me a lesson. So two of my favorite clients, husband and wife, have one of my all-time favorite homes. It's like you would not know you're in New Jersey. It's like you pull up again, the big archway, the gates, you pull up and it looks like you are in Tuscany, Italy, just rolling hills and a beautiful villa and outbuildings and forest and just the most beautiful setting and environment you could ever imagine. And they're so kind, they're so generous, and they love their yoga sessions so much. They were my clients for many, many years. And because they were so generous to me, they even let me do one of my dream life programs in their home and just didn't want anything other than hosting. So I wanted to treat them. And I had the idea to have them come to my home and I wanted to take them out to dinner, maybe not to someplace on the level that they could afford, but there's a lovely Italian restaurant by my home and I had this all planned. Now at the time, this is a whole nother story, but I lived in a one bedroom condo inside a Victorian mansion. It was the coolest place for a single yoga teacher who was working really hard because she could afford the one bedroom condo, but my wish was to live in a Victorian mansion. So I had this one bedroom condo that was inside the Victorian mansion. And in the backyard, there was a tree. It looked like a Christmas tree, but it was so big, you could get underneath it. So I set up tables and chairs and a candle and I had wine chilling. And when they arrived at my door, they walked in and they looked around and I was practicing exactly what I'm telling everybody here. I couldn't afford the black and white marble floor but I could afford a black and white linoleum floor in my kitchen and I had that and I couldn't afford the big giant crystal chandelier, but I had a little beautiful glass chandelier in my hallway. Just everything that I could afford on my budget that was really special. So they walked in and the wife put her hand on her heart and she took this deep breath and she's looking around and I will always remember the words she said. She said, I could be so happy here. I could be so happy here. And she had it all. This little one bedroom condo that was simple, easy to maintain, beautiful, clean, decluttered, loved, shabby chic. Because <laughs> I couldn't really afford the chic, but I could afford the shabby chic. And here's this woman who has everything that I thought I wanted looking at the simplicity and the beauty of my kingdom where it was at the time and saying, I could be so happy here. And when I took them in the backyard to sit underneath this tree, it was almost like a tent with, what do you call it, um, folding tables, not any carved wooden tables from France, just a folding table with a candle. They probably buy wine that's $500 a bottle. It was just a simple bottle of wine. And we're sitting under this tree and they both said, I've never experienced anything so magical. And right then, it was the best learning lesson for me, that your kingdom is where you are. It's wherever you are, wherever you go at, whatever stage you're at, you make it the most beautiful, 
the most special and the most you, authentically you kingdom you can, moment by moment. That's incredible. Such a powerful story, Chara, and really appreciate you sharing that. And I don't know about the listener, but I think I needed to hear that more than anyone else. And probably a lot of us don't hear it enough because we're always in the pursuit. We're always in the pursuit. We see people, we see things, and we tell ourselves in our mind, that's what we need to feel successful, to feel satisfied, to feel like we've made it. And what you're sharing with us is that's not the case. We have what we need in front of us right now. We're just not recognizing it. We're just not seeing it. So, wow, good stuff. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. And I do appreciate you wanting to pause earlier to see if I had any questions. But again, you were in the groove. You had me hooked. You had me interested. So I know our listener was probably in the same mindset. So that's why I said, no, just keep going. So there was one question I had in regards to this. And I'm hesitant to even ask it because I think what you shared is gold. And the reason I do ask is because I know there are some people, you were able to have these experiences because of a lot of these people you were able to connect with. And you went from being a YMCA yoga instructor to having these private clients that you did. So the one question I have in around business is, how did you go from a YMCA yoga instructor to being one of these sought after private yoga instructors to then be able to meet these people and have these incredible life experiences? Great question. And when we're done with this question, I have a question for you. Let me share that I was still a YMCA instructor. So I did that too. So I want to share with our audience that one is not necessarily better than the other. Yes, it did pay more <laughs> to work with my private clients. Yes. But I still kept my steady weekly classes at the YMCA and at different gyms and at different studios. I kept those classes also. And I learned just as much in those classes that have helped shape my mindset and my character. And that's, again, this idea that there's something that's better than where we are, that that's better than being a YMCA instructor is not necessarily better. It's where my path naturally led me. And how I was introduced to that world was I started teaching. (laughs) Here's where it comes in. I started teaching at the first yoga studio that I knew of in New Jersey. It was in Bernardsville, New Jersey, in a basement with cinder block walls. And I was thrilled because it was a yoga space. It was quiet. There weren't gym people clanking weights up and down and, you know, dirt on the floor. It was a yoga space and they had yoga props and it was quiet. So I didn't care that it was in the basement. It was cold. It was cinder block walls. And that's where I met one of my clients, she lived in town, she came in and she said, would you come to my home? So you never know where a miracle can happen. It can happen at the YMCA. It can happen in a cinder block basement. It can happen exactly where you are. So we don't want to negate and think that our experience is smaller or not as good as someone else's because the miracle can be anywhere. 
But that's how it started. A client, a, a student came in to that basement and asked if I would go to her home. She loved it so much. And here's where the business comes in. I was so passionate about what I was doing. I was so authentic with what I was sharing and so intuitive and present with my client and what she needed that those yoga sessions were healing for her. They were what she looked forward to all week. And so she told her friends, I did no marketing. And before I knew it, my whole schedule was filled with weekly classes and private students and people asking me to do workshops and people asking me to come to their organizations or workspaces. And my schedule was overflowing. But that's part of what we're talking about by being calm, present, attentive, kind, authentic, and sharing what I was so passionate about and truly wanting to help people with what I had learned. That's how word of mouth spread in a cinder block basement. And you were open to the opportunities. You weren't necessarily stressing every single day trying to figure out how you were going to connect with these types of clients, were you? That probably wasn't even a thought. You were just focused on doing you and doing what you were passionate about while being open to whatever opportunities God, the universe, this higher energy power would present to you. And because you were doing you, because you were in tune to that frequency, people picked up on it and it opened up these opportunities for you. Yes. And I will say I wasn't completely stress-free at the time. I didn't know what I know now. And some of those early days, I was still kind of either in the old lack mentality or trying to build my new mentality. So I want to say for anybody listening, you don't have to have your full mindset all done. It's an ongoing process. It's a lifelong process. So wherever you are, even with some stress or even with a lot of stress, miracles can still happen, especially if you are breathing and you are having the intention to be open to the miracles. And if you're having the intention to be the miracle. So first and foremost, I didn't know anything about this stuff at the time. It was my sole desire to help people with what I was learning. And that was enough to make the connection energetically. I love so you that. Don't have, to have it all figured out. You don't have to be stress-free and zen before miracles can happen. <laughs> they can happen right now. And I believe if you're here listening, this is a miracle. This is meant for you to be here. These words are meant for you to hear and let them be little seeds of light or new seeds of prosperity that you're planting in your mind and heart today. Well said. And Shara, just so you know, we are a few minutes over. Are you still good on oh. time? I'm okay. I'm okay. I want to be respectful to your time because I know there's a question you had for me and then and then we'll get things wrapped up. So how are you doing on time? Are you doing okay? I'm fine with time. And I will tell you, Dallin and audience, this is something that I've been working on, but I didn't really know the time I was letting you hold the space, but I'm not known <laughs> for ending on time. So it's something I need to continue to practice holding that sacred boundary of time and respecting other people's time. I'm fine if you and your audience are time. We're good. And here's something cool that I kind of know on this. I had a pretty high valuable phone call right after this interview that ended up rescheduling right before our interview. So I think that's kind of neat because now, I mean, this flew by, this absolutely flew by. I didn't even realize we came up on an hour as quick as we did, but because that interview or that other conversation got rescheduled, it's allowing us to 
wrap up these final thoughts. So appreciate the time and appreciate you sharing these insights. And Char, you had a question for me. I do. I want to give you that opportunity. Because you're the host, you're the creator <laughs> of the Millionaire Mind show. And I'd love to hear where what I shared maybe overlaps with your idea of what a millionaire mind and mindset is. And maybe I wanted to give you the opportunity to add your own perspective on what that millionaire mind means and what it means translated into everyday life, condensed down to whatever you feel comfortable sharing. I appreciate this opportunity. It's not often I'm the one as the host of a show being asked a, a question to expand on, but I do appreciate it and I am more than willing to. And you know, when I, what really inspired this podcast to begin with, I shared this with people in the past, I transitioned from a W-2 job to being a business owner. And what I found is that probably 90% of entrepreneurs, they go down this college path, education, get a job, realize, hey, that's not what I thought it would be. And then they become entrepreneurs. I think only 10% are what I would consider natural born entrepreneurs. They're starting businesses in high school and they just take off from there. But what for me, when I transitioned into this space, I got blindsided by when I say blindsided, I guess a better way to explain that at that point in my life, I became more aware of my limiting beliefs and how much personal work I needed done mentally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally. There's all these things that when I say I got blindsided, it's like I got hit over the head. It's like, you're not at all ready for this. And so I remember the first six to 12 months just trying to figure me out. And I naturally developed this passion for personal growth and mindset and development and my professions in the real estate space. And so while I was learning personal mindset and all that stuff, I was also learning real estate stuff. And I'm at a point now where I don't do, I probably do 10% real estate stuff. And the other 90% is personal growth mindset. And what inspired this show was really being able to connect with other successful business owners and not talk about how they made their millions of dollars or how they're generating the $50 million in revenue a year. Like that stuff is very technical. It's practical. There's definitely a need for it as you're looking to scale and grow your business. But there's a reason I titled this The Millionaire Mind. And it's really to get into the mindset of these people and not just how they make their wealth, but what is their wealth entailed of? Because I know for a fact, it's more than just money, right? Because we've all heard, we've all seen, we probably know people that had all the money in the world, but they didn't feel wealthy. They didn't feel successful. There was something lacking. And you shared some experiences and stories with us, Char, with some of your clients. So for me, this idea, and I guess the purpose and mission of the Millionaire Mind podcast is to help other entrepreneurs, other business owners, whether they're existing or new to the space to realize it's much more than the money. And we very, very hardly ever talk about money on the show because in my opinion, the financial wealth of being a successful business owner is a byproduct of who you're becoming as an individual. And I don't think there's one thing to that. I think there's a bunch of components that play into it. And one of the things I've always struggled with is this work-life balance. Personally, I don't believe in it. 
And when I think of balance, I think of like a teeter-totter or a scale, right? When I think balance, I think everything's 50-50. I can't tell you any time in my life, work and life has been 50-50. But recently, I got put on to this life balance test that a business owner that I look up to was doing some post about it. And what it was, was actually a, uh, it's a wheel. It's a wheel that they, this process they came up with. And if you think of the spokes on a wheel, each spoke was a different aspect of what they would consider balance. So that consisted of wellness, growth, love life, environment, relationships, leisure, spiritual, money, well-being, and career. So these are all different aspects that they consider make up success and wealth. And when he showed this, when you rate yourself on each one of those, you create this wheel or you're supposed to create this wheel, right? But if you consider that each one of these is a spoke on a scale from one to 10, when you go through and rate yourself on all of these, most of us aren't going to have a pretty well-rounded or smooth wheel or a well-balanced wheel. There's going to be zigs and zags and it's going to be jagged. And when you think about a wheel and the purpose of it, it's to roll smoothly. And if you have all these zigzag and jagged parts in it, that's going to be a very clunky wheel. And so when I think about wealth, when I think about success, when I think about life and who we want to become as business owners, I think a lot of us start because we like the idea of the money and the things we want, the houses, the marble floors, the crystal chandeliers, right? But I think in the process of becoming and in the journey, we realize that the value is in exactly that. It's in the journey. It's in the process of becoming. So I appreciate the opportunity of having the show, being able to interview people like you to invite myself and listeners into your mindset to realize, help them, help me realize it's not all about the money. And there you can experience wealth far before the million dollars hits your bank account. And that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with this. Yeah. Oh, I thank you so much for sharing that. And I would have to affirm you are accomplishing that. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing with this and the support you're giving because you don't always hear this side of it. Awesome. Well, Charlie, this has been incredible. This has been a great, great conversation. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to share a very small snippet of your journey and story. And uh, there's questions that we typically go through at the end of every podcast, but I don't know about you. I feel like we hit all of those pretty dang well through this interview. So I don't think there's a need to go through those. I would like to recommend a book to your audience. Please. And it is written by a best-selling author, finance expert, and master prosperity coach. He's actually my prosperity coach and my friend and colleague, Joel Solomon. So I highly recommend his book and he has so many great resources on his website. It's called The Nine Money Rules The Millionaires Use by Joel Solomon. So that's my book recommendation. And, you know, Joel has a similar philosophy. While he's a total finance expert, the things we talked about today, being of service, being in gratitude, coming from a place of love being a generous giver, all, all kinds of things that you wouldn't think of, plus the finance part too, and the dollars and cents of it too. He goes over in his book. So I highly recommend it. It's a very well-balanced book. 
And Joel, Joel is an incredible person. We had him on the show a few months back. I don't remember the episode number right off the top of my head, but just another incredible person. He's the one that actually introduced Chara yes. and I. So, well, listen, this has been an incredible interview, incredible conversation. Again, Chara, thank you for taking time out of your day to share your story with me and with our listener. And I hope we could keep in contact and possibly work together in the near future. I would love that. May I give the website? So if anyone... Oh, absolutely. Yes, please. Contact information. Yeah. And I, there's even some gifts on my website. You can take a free virtual class. You, there's a My favorite meditation is on the homepage of my website. And that is www.chara.tv, like television, TV. So chara.tv, all my links are there, my offerings are there, and I would love to support anybody who felt a connection and would like support on their path. It would be my honor. Appreciate that. And are you on, is there any social media profiles people can connect with you yeah. on as well? So they're on my website. You know, all okay. The so you can find me on Instagram at chara underscore inspire. You can find me on Facebook at chara.tv and on YouTube, chara.tv. Excellent. Look, this has been an incredible conversation with Chara. Go back, re-listen to it. Like This is one of those things we don't get enough on the show, to be honest. And I think it's something that we should bring more on. So again, thank you so much for your time. To our listeners, remember, you can't have a million-dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. So go out there and earn your win for today. And don't forget to breathe. Right, Chara? Yes. <laughs> Remember to breathe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Hope you got value from this episode of The Millionaire Mind, a journey into the mindset of successful business owners. If you want to get results, you've got to take the right steps to get there. Dallin hosts a free weekly educational webinar focused on teaching you how to start investing in apartments so you too can experience the benefits of real estate ownership without doing any of the heavy lifting. There you can gain insights, connect with others like you, and ask Dallin all your burning questions about how you can start owning apartments today. Go to themillionairemind.us. That link is in the show notes.